0: Keeping the faith, Keep the faith in the family, keeping the family in the faith. The scripture is perfect and applicable, the more that we study, the more biblical. Our lives can become, We can even be fun, so long as the truth is so prize. Right, o Lord of all, of all, make us holy and wise.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Faith and Family Radio Show. I am Ryan Muniak, I'm here with my lovely wife Elaine Muniak. And today, we're talking about love.
2: Ooh. (laughs) I think that's a good subject for us to tackle. I mean, we have been married almost 10 years now.
1: Almost 10 years. You mean already 10 years?
2: (laughs) You're sweet to say that. (laughs) Um, We've had a lot happen in those 10 years, haven't we, honey?
1: I would say so, yeah. We've had, let's see, five Children Mm -hmm. in in that time, Mm -hmm. and if you're keeping count, yes, there are only four children listed on our website. Mm -hmm. We we had a miscarriage shortly after we were married, Mm -hmm. but we still count that child because God still counts that child.
2: Amen. Not only that, we've had two uh, conversions to Christianity in our family so far.
1: That that is very (laughs) true. Yes, we were not saved when we were married. No, and uh, sure. Well it was about two years after we were married is when we both got saved
2: mm-hmm.
1: within I think a week or two of of each other
2: Yes, God was very kind that uh he transformed us both um because neither one of us really had a genuine saving faith and so give him all the glory and praise for that amen but so the reason we're kind of touching on this episode is that it's going to be airing in February and
1: Well, February is the month of Lulu.
2: Exactly. So we're going to talk all about love today, all about romantic love, but most importantly, all about biblical love. Um, It's important, though, before we start this episode to kind of give a little disclaimer that um, things are going to get a little bit uh, personal at times between Ryan and myself regarding our relationship. And we're going to be talking about some very personal issues. Things of an adult nature. So while I don't know that it'll be an issue, I do want to recommend that if there are children in the room that you would shut this off and listen later.
1: I think maybe let's start with how we met.
2: We met through a mutual friend that we had in high school. This person brought Ryan over to my house to meet, and um, I really don't think we made much of a first impression on each other. Um, but my friend and Ryan began to uh, date, and um, so Ryan and I knew each other for a good year and a half during that time that they were dating, and then when they broke up, we began dating, and really, I wouldn't even have called it dating. We were kind of not looking for a relationship at the time, just wanting to have fun, just
1: friends with benefits
2: just wanting to sow wild oats, I guess is Mm -hmm. another way we would put it. So anyway, God was so kind in that that he actually used our wicked lifestyle and brought us together.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And we dated for about three and a half years before uh, we got engaged. And then four months later, we were married. We knew it was time (laughs) at that point.
1: And it's you know, I, I'm ashamed to say this, but the, the way that I realized I was ready to get married was we were hanging out in our apartment. Yes, we were living together outside of marriage. Uh, we, uh, again, we were not saved at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were hanging out, talking, and we got on the subject of, of being parents and having children. Mm-hmm. And I told her that, you know, I think I'm ready to have kids. And she said, okay, do you want to start trying? And I said, no, no, we, we we can't until, you know, we're married. And she said, okay, so do you want to get married? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I hadn't even realized what I was saying yeah. at the time. And she said that. I'm like, oh. Snap. Oh boy.
2: <laughs> I opened a can of worms with my girlfriend, huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: So... R- Regardless, it, it it all worked out in the end and yes. God was gracious to save us and yes. keep our marriage uh, together because there were many times that it could have gone down the tubes mm-hmm. and yeah. I blame myself for all of it.
2: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I dis- I respectfully disagree, honey. Um, we definitely had some, some hard times, that's for sure. But, you know... God used it and, you know, like you were talking about our miscarriage, he used that to draw us closer to him to save us. Mm -hmm. And, man, did that turn our marriage around. I mean, we got into the marriage, I mean, before we were even married, I had the mindset of if things go downhill, I can easily go and get a divorce. So I already went into the marriage with divorce in my mind. Mm
1: -hmm. And I made you sign a prenup. Mm (laughs) (laughs) We're poor. We've always been poor, yeah. but I made you sign a prenup anyway because you know I didn't want you taking my Xbox if
3: we got divorced.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I made that joke in the moment. Like, what are you afraid I'm gonna take your your game system from you? But I I am proud to say though that since my husband got saved, he went and got the prenup and ripped it up right in front of me and was like, "This is a joke."
1: Yeah, so. and the prenup was always pretty much a joke because it was a fill-in-the-blank prenup that I printed (laughs) off online, didn't have any, like, lawyer notarization or anything.
2: No. Anyway. It showed, though, where both of our hearts were at the time, and it wasn't in a good place. But moving on to more positive things, what would you say attracted you to me in the first place? Uh, Or can we not use that on the air? (laughs) I, I don't know that we can
1: use that on the air. Um... What
2: attracts you to me now? How about that one?
1: (laughs) Well, that would be a a good thing to to address is how my attraction has changed for you over the years. Mm -hmm. You know, when I first noticed you, I thought you were attractive physically. Mm. Um, And I think that's as far as I'm going to go with that Mm. statement. But after you were saved and... Uh, As we grow older, I'm I'm still attracted to you physically, but there's, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, uh, she just gave me this crazy face to uh, make fun of my saying I still find her physically attractive. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, I also find her spiritually attractive. Um, Mm. You know, she is a godly woman and I love her. What God is doing in her life to grow her, to strengthen her, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I am so attracted to her. When I see her sitting there reading her Bible, or you know, doing chores around the house, I'm I'm, I'm attracted to that. Oh you know, yeah. When, when <laughs> I see her doing the laundry, I'm like, that's my woman right there. <laughs> she she's taking care of my dirty underwear. <laughs> she loves me. Makes
2: you all voty bockum mm mm -mm. Come here, girl.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I understand that Mm. statement very clearly.
2: Mm. Oh, wow. See, I'd have to agree that my attraction to you has grown and, for lack of a better word, evolved over the years. I remember uh, the first thing that really attracted me to you was um, the first time we were alone together and uh, just hanging out. I was attracted to um, your personality and um, you definitely made me laugh. And it was his personality really. And I love a sense of humor. I mean, that's just, that was the one thing I was always drawn to in high school. So of course I was drawn to that with Ryan. And um, once he became saved though, and I really saw the transformation taking place, I I just love his um, willingness to sacrifice for me and for our children. I mean, it's just so humbling. It makes me feel so unworthy as a wife when I watch this godly man living out this godly life before me. I feel like such a wretch, but it's so attractive too at the same time. <laughs> it's so convicting and yet it's it's so beautiful. And I, I'm just, I'm so grateful that God has done just this amazing work in my husband and i know it's a work of the lord because the fruit continues to to, i mean he continues to bear good fruit and continues to grow and blossom and it's just he's not the person that i first met and ditto (laughs) and, and praise the lord for that i mean i that i was attracted to that person but i have a deep godly love for this person and just so grateful for what God has done in our marriage. And that's what has made our marriage last is the Lord. We, I mean, Amen. we can't stress that enough that it is a God thing that mm-hmm. keeps us together and that keeps us looking at each other with, with the love that we have for each other and with the, the mentality of we're in it for the long haul.
3: Ohio fire is coming to Columbus, Ohio, April 8th and 9th. Hosted by Striving for Eternity Ministries, Ohio Fire will encourage and train Christians to mature in their faith and share the gospel with the lost. Hear Phil Johnson and Dr. Thomas White on the topic, the Word of God. And after the conference, you'll have a chance to hit the streets of Columbus with trained team leaders. Ohio Fire, April 8th and 9th. For details and to register, go to ohiofire.org.
2: And we're back. At Faith and Family Radio, please visit us at faithfamilyradio.com. Right, honey? Did I get that right? I'm not the technical one here.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right. Go to faithfamilyradio.com for episodes and other information regarding the show. Like, hey, we're on Facebook and Twitter now.
2: There's been a lot of articles I've been seeing on my social page about couples and I tell you, that pulls at my heartstrings every time I see one. Like there's one I saw about a couple who have been married for years and years and years and they're, you know, very gravely ill just based on their age. And a hospital um actually put them in their, a room together and they passed away nearly at the same time. But I just thought that was so sweet that, A couple who spent all their years together were able to spend, even in the hospital, their last moments together.
1: That's the way I'd want it for us. Because, you know, I couldn't handle not being by you when you're dying.
2: (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, if you're going to go plunging off a cliff in a car, I kind of think I'd like to go by myself at that point. (laughs) I love you, honey, but that's not the way I want to (laughs) go.
1: We're dying together, whether you like it or not.
2: (laughs) If you have to strap me into the car and lock the doors.
1: (laughs) Duct tape is man's best friend after all.
2: No, I agree though that that is so sweet that they would die in the hospital together like that. And another, another one I've seen is, um, when you see couples dealing with a spouse that has Alzheimer's and you see the one just sacrificing all their, their energy and time to, to serve their spouse. And I am just mm-hmm. like, I'm so humbled by that because I think that would be, a, that would be a real challenge. I mean, it's, it's hard raising a child, mm-hmm. but you're basically raising. A full-grown adult you're having to bathe them feed them change them i mean a lot of intimate things that even through years of marriage you didn't have to deal with before
1: right no, so. absolutely i mean think about having to address every single aspect of their lives
2: mm-hmm. yeah. that
1: mean, is love right there
2: it really is and it really is a uh, rewardless thing to do because a lot of times they their memory deteriorates to the point where they don't recognize you. They can become hostile. Mm. And the fact that there are still spouses out there who are just diligent to stick by their significant other till death parts them. It's incredible. And it's it's so encouraging to see that because we do live in an age where life is not valued. And, you know, even spouses we're seeing pulling the plug on their significant other because they've become a burden.
1: Look at Terry Schiavo.
2: Yeah. I mean, that, that breaks my heart to see that and, and her parents fighting so hard for her life and, and the husband had moved on. And yeah, it's just so, those types of stories are so discouraging, but You know, those other ones are so encouraging. And how much more as Christians should we behave when we have a spouse that has a terminal illness like that? Mm -hmm. I mean, it really um, calls into question whether or not we're going to live out our faith in the most difficult of circumstances.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the news stories that always amazes me Mm -hmm. is the length of marriage. You know, people mm-hmm. celebrating their 50th anniversary or their 60th anniversary. And recently in the news, we saw George Bush, President Bush, the, the original, and his wife, Barbara, they celebrated 71 years of marriage.
2: That's amazing. Imagine the wisdom you can gain from talking to couples that have been married that long.
1: I'm just wondering how old that dude is. I mean, was was he like two when he got married to Barbara?
2: They had to have been very young. But, you know, that was, you know, they were probably in a time where you did get married younger. I mean, we're living in a generation that's more like, let's wait till we've sown all our wild oats and we can't find anybody better. (laughs) You know?
0: Right. You're like in
2: your 30s getting married. You know, it's insane. But it wasn't always that way.
1: today's society is hold off on marriage until you absolutely can't anymore
2: marriage parenting responsibility right growing up yeah Mm
1: -hmm. trying to be kids as long as possible
2: yeah it's insane but no i agree i I love i love hearing those stories even like when someone tells me 25 years i'm like oh wow i'm just i'm so impressed i'm amazed (laughs) that
1: that we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year yeah. You know, we're going to be renewing our vows, and I'm, I'm excited for that.
2: Another thing I noticed on social media, looking around at Google, you know, I do a lot of prep work for the show, was um, I guess there's... all
1: the prep work for the show. Don't let her <laughs> fool you.
2: <laughs> but I, I guess there's uh, this show called Married at First Sight. It's actually in its third season, so it's been on the show. It's been on the air for a little while now, and the whole premise is... These couples get married without ever having seen each other and by the end of the show they have to decide whether they want to divorce or whether they want to stay together.
1: How has that been on the air for 3 seasons?
2: I'm sure that there are willing people to uh, for the right price or for their 15 minutes of fame willing to do something like that.
1: That it just it amazes me that people want to watch something like that.
2: Oh, I think so, because I think arranged marriages um, have been prevalent in certain societies for quite a long time. So I think, and there's the whole, like, love at first sight mindset. So I think there's that, like, curiosity of can you make it work marrying someone you've never met before? Mm, okay. Um. But.
1: No, I just look at that and I think, are these people watching the show, like, rooting for them to get divorced?
2: See, I oh, I don't know if I could do that because you think network execs, uh, say you're like physically a 10, okay, by the world standard. Which I am. <laughs> you know that to make good television, they're going to put you with someone that's just going to be yoinks and doinks. <laughs> my kid's show would coin it. I mean, it, I, to where it's going to create tension, tension yeah. because none of them are saved so what are they looking at when they're first approaching someone who's a spouse is they're gonna be looking at the physical
1: as opposed to what i was looking for when i was looking for a spouse i was looking for a chick that knew how to cook
2: <laughs> yeah i've come a long way actually <laughs> from uh, chicken tenders in the oven and taco salad on the stove that was about my expertise
1: you still won my heart, honey, because I didn't know how to make none of that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But so back to the married at first sight thing. Do you think, honey, that it's a good idea to marry someone you've never met, like an arranged marriage? Do you think that can work? Do you think it's a good idea?
1: (laughs) Yes and no. Okay. And and let me me explain. Mm -hmm. I don't think that arranged marriages are a good idea in the sense that you don't really see mm-hmm. the other person or talk to him or anything mm-hmm. basically you meet you get married i don't think that's good mm-hmm. because you you don't know the person mm-hmm. you know and while i do think there's more to love and marriage than just looks
0: mm-hmm.
1: and personality you do need to have an attraction and physically and personality wise to the person that you're planning to spend the rest of your life with. Now on the other side of the scope, I do like the idea of arranging marriages in the sense that you're not the only one focused on putting you and your potential spouse together. Mm -hmm. I, I like the idea of other people who are, non-biased third parties coming in to give that honest opinion Hmm. to help you make the right decision because how many people get clouded in judgment based on fuzzy feelings fuzzy feelings Mm -hmm. you know we we see so many times where someone is like yeah her personality stinks but man is she hot it's like yeah Mm -hmm. She might be hot, but for how long? Yeah. Ten years, twenty years, then you're stuck with the bad personality that you hate, mm-hmm. and you ain't got the ten anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we we are we're, we're such an immediate society. We Impulsive, we impulsive. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't think about the long term return or the long term gain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I I like it, but I don't like it for arranged marriages. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I like courting. Mm-hmm. You know where you you know, you have friends of the opposite sex, and you you talk to them, you hang out with them, and then if you feel that there is one that that is for you, then you go to their parents and you talk to them about uh, courting and and seeing if you and that person are right for mm-hmm. one another for marriage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it doesn't mean you start having. Sexual relations with them or anything like that, but you you start spending more time with them in a, a I don't think a, a romantic more romantic
2: capacity, but not is, in a physical capacity. Yes, now I agree. And you know the dangerous thing about uh, arranged marriage is that you're you're entering into a covenant
0: mm-hmm.
1: with
2: another person without any knowledge of that person. Yeah, I mean that would be I mean to me that's almost like converting to a religion with no knowledge of what you're getting yourself into right I mean that's that can be very dangerous Covenant marriage is meant to be for life too And the the thing I don't like about this show is it's very like well if it doesn't work out. We'll just get divorced
1: Yeah, I hate divorce because God hates divorce
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, one thing I will say though that I don't like is whether it's courting, arranged marriages, whatever, mm-hmm. is when other people make the choice for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is supposed to be your spouse. This is supposed to be your life. Mm-hmm. You need to be the final mm-hmm. decision maker. You can receive information and insight from other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times that's good because they see things you don't. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they cannot make the decision for you or they shouldn't be able to make that decision for you
2: no they shouldn't force that but at the same time i think too many couples get sound advice from like um, a premarital counselor or their parents when they're going about things in a biblical manner and i think they can let the fuzzy feelings get in the way
0: mm-hmm.
2: like when they're doing premarital counseling you know a pastor may be trying to get them to talk about serious issues and they're just like oh we'll figure it out you know or, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, it may not be that big of a deal now, but try five years into marriage. It might, things might change. It might become a big deal to you. Your priorities might change. So, yeah, I I definitely think um marriage is not something to be flippant about. And I definitely think seeking wise elders such as your parents and a pastor is a very, very good idea not to just go into a relationship with no sort of boundaries, no sort of accountability, um, no outside input. But yeah, ultimately, it's up to you. But just remember, till death. Amen. For better or worse.
1: <laughs> and on that note, we'll be back in just a little bit on Faith and Family Radio, faithfamilyradio.com.
2: Cannibalism is okay as long
1: as you're not actually hurting somebody. Wouldn't eating someone hurt them? I'm trying to do the best I can. There's only one way to have your sins forgiven. As born-again Christians, part of our duty is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or have never witnessed before, Witness Radio has something for you. Tune in next time to strengthen your faith and learn how to defend it. Go to WitnessTalkRadio.org. That's WitnessTalkRadio.org. Welcome back to Faith and Family Radio Show. This is Ryan and Elaine.
2: I found an article on babble.com dot com that I thought was interesting and it was talking about the ten biggest issues in marriages. Number one, trying to change your spouse. It's labeled boundary issues on the website. Do you think that it's ever been an issue in our marriage? Like, do you feel like you've ever attempted that with me? And how yes. did that how did that go?
1: Horribly. <laughs> Yeah, As as it always goes horribly, Mm -hmm. because we cannot change our spouses. It is only Christ that can change our spouses, and that's what happened with our marriage. Mm -hmm. Before we were saved, but we were married, I tried to change you. I mean, even before we were married, just dating, Mm -hmm. tried to tell you to change certain things, hated different things that you did, like Mm -hmm. toilet paper, (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, I, I put it on the wrong way still I if if it goes on the roll at all i I, I fail every time <laughs> I, I have
1: I have learned to just give it up.
2: <laughs> wow. and you know what's so interesting is so many of the things we often can try to change are things that are just foolish like preference issues like I just don't like the way he does this and it's really not something that you should be going to the mattresses over. The next one is poor communication, like nagging, criticizing, you know, not speaking through your problems the right way.
1: We don't know anything about that. Let's move
2: on. <laughs> Boy, we we have had some misunderstandings in our marriage, um A lot of times it is because we make assumptions. Mm. I assume you're going to do this or I assume that you understand that this is what I want. Mm. And then I get upset when you're not jumping and moving in that direction. And I I do that well, I think. I think I've got a degree in nagging. (laughs) I've got a doctorate. (laughs) But yeah so I definitely feel like that is a problem area in marriages, mm-hmm. including ours,
1: yeah, and I would say i'm I'm more on the criticizing level.
2: What would you say to people though who have trouble communicating issues with each other, like maybe they're not even talking to each other about their issues, they're keeping it bottled up, or if they do, it turns into big fights and
1: you definitely want to let it out and talk, yes, um. Have some boundaries, though. Mm-hmm. You know, don't uh, don't say, okay, we're going to talk about this at the top of our lungs and mm-hmm. I'm going to do all the talking while you sit there and just take this verbal beat down. Mm-hmm. That's not communicating either.
2: And timing it well. I mean, for example, if I am having a, a tough day with the kids and I want to voice those issues with you, is it better that I wait to discuss that with you after you've been home longer than five minutes
0: absolutely <laughs> in, in
1: fact one, one thing we try to do is not have mm-hmm. disagreements in front of the children
2: we want our children to know that we are a normal couple who mm-hmm. have disagreements but i think we also want to teach them that there's a time and a place mm-hmm. we um, want to
1: teach them the right way to argue with one another
2: exactly Number three, though, time management, and I believe
1: I still have trouble with this one.
2: I believe it's just not making good use of your time, and not only outside but in your personal relationship with your spouse, not making time mm-hmm. for each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that one is big. You definitely need. I, I was gonna say want, but no, you need to make time for your spouse. If, if you're going to spend all your time away from work and still expect to be paid, you are delusional.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If
1: you're going to spend all your time away from your wife and still expect a relationship, you are delusional.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we took for granted all those years before the kids yes. um, with each other. I mean, we did have quite a bit of time that we spent together but i don't think we cherished it mm-hmm. until the kids came around we're like man we miss being able to just sit and watch a movie and not have to plan you know a whole you know what are we gonna do with the kids How, are we gonna get a babysitter you know um and that's been hard is making time for each other with the kids but it, it is important and i I think we cherish it a lot now that uh, when we can get a babysitter and go out and spend a couple hours together, we try and just really make it special—not like expensive, but special in that we, you know, you you open the door for me, and you know we're trying to you know give each other a lot of hugs and smiles and just enjoy the moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, I would say enjoy the quiet, but. That ain't happening with me. I'm like, oh, it's so quiet. This is so great. Blah, 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 (laughs) blah. Ryan's like, I wish I knew. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, and this is one that is pretty personal, and and we've had a lot of um, uh, experience dealing with this issue is... is, Children,
1: leave the room now.
2: (laughs) ...is uh, sexual intimacy. Whether it's a lack of an interest or just not having an opportunity, that is a big issue in marriage. And it, it's been a, an issue in our marriage for quite a while. I know that because we have four children at five, one in heaven, a lot of people try and joke that we have no self control, that, uh, we, we need to get a hobby. Um, mm. but the truth is, is we actually struggle with, um, uh, this area, with being sexually intimate in, on a consistent basis. Number five is a turned focus. Now, what that means is, for example, a wife turning to focus her attention on raising her children and totally neglects her husband. And in the end, it it looks like the couples are more like roommates than spouses at this point.
1: The next one is emotional infidelity what, what is that honey
2: that is when you start confiding you know talking about deep personal things with another person that's not your spouse particularly someone of the opposite sex it's an emotional affair number seven issue for uh, most common issues in marriage is money and like we talked about earlier this is um an issue we had when we were when we were dating we weren't even married and this was a huge issue for us um, we fought about money a lot when we were first living together. Um, it w- uh, we would fight about me getting a job. We would fight about paying our bills. I mean, it was, it was the main thing we fought about for a while when we were first together. Number eight, an unwillingness to forgive. And I'll say I probably struggle with this more than Ryan, Because I'm prideful. (laughs) I'm so, so prideful when it comes to um, disagreeing with Ryan. And I, it's like God convicts me right in the moment. Like, you know, you're wrong, right? But I just, oh, to let it go, to forgive, to say I'm sorry. It's such a struggle. But the Lord has been so kind that I would feel in the past three to six months, he's really been working on me with that. Um, But forgiveness is vital vital to any relationship. Next one is a lack of appreciation. There are so many um spouses out there who feel that they are not appreciated by their spouses. Whether it's a wife who feels like her husband doesn't appreciate all the the work she does in the home with the children and the cooking and the cleaning or a husband who doesn't feel appreciated by his wife for making the money and you know, working hard to provide for the family, uh, and the
1: the work that he does around the house to yes, help out. Yes,
2: exactly.
1: And that's something that we've had issues with in the past. Is, mm-hmm. is the lack of appreciation, and it it pops up here and
0: there.
2: The last one, and this is more of a recent issue in marriage, is too much technology. And I agree with this one a lot. Things like texting at the dinner table, sitting side by side, but being on your smartphone or on your laptop.
1: Facebooking.
2: Yeah. I think that not only is a problem in marriage, I think it it makes all of our relationships suffer. Our, Mm -hmm. Our relationship with our kids, with our friends. Uh, you know, we invite people over and then we spend the whole time looking at our phones. I mean, we've kind of lost that personal, intimate contact with this rise in technology. I, I can see that in our own in our own lives just you know we'll be at the dinner table together as a family and one of us will look over and the other one's on the phone you know you know facebooking and checking emails and it's like Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you know the other one be like i'm sorry and try and put the phone away but it it is hard it's such a draw Mm -hmm. um this is faith and family
3: If you want to grow in your understanding of God's Word and learn to study the Bible for yourself, join Pastor Andrew Rappaport as he teaches each week from the Word of God. The teaching is free through the Internet, but paid students receive a syllabus for each course with extra study materials. The cost is only $50 per year with special pricing for church groups. And you get to choose from the School of Biblical Hermeneutics or the School of Systematic Theology. Sign up today for Striving for Eternity Academy. Details at strivingforeternity.org.
2: Welcome back to Faith and Family Radio. You can check us out online at faithfamilyradio.com or check out our Facebook page. And Twitter. And Twitter. Alrighty, So we're talking about love, and we are in particular talking about romantic love between a man and a woman, but sometimes things go downhill in a marriage. Sometimes things aren't that fairy tale that you expected it to be. Sometimes you are dealing with a spouse who has told you that they are no longer in love with you. Perhaps you feel you're no longer in love with your spouse. What do you do? I come to you and I say, I'm not in love with you anymore. I say, too bad. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much too bad because I still love
1: you. Mm-hmm. And I ain't signing no divorce papers. <laughs> so you tell your little floozy on the side <laughs> to pack it up and move on out.
2: Yeah. Now moving on. No. No. Um, If you're in a loveless marriage where you or the other person has said, you know, I'm not in love with this person anymore. I would have to question, what do you mean by love? Mm hmm. Do you mean those fuzzy feelings you first had, the, the butterflies in your stomach, the uh, passionate, lustful relationship you were f- introduced to with this person?
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of times mm-hmm. when someone says love, they really mean lust, mm-hmm. which is what we see a lot with the homosexual community is they say, it's love, you can't stop love, why why would you want to discriminate against some? someone who loves another person Mm
0: -hmm.
1: no more often than not it's not love it's lust Mm -hmm. and it also applies to heterosexual relationships Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times it's not love it's lust
2: Mm -hmm. yes and if you feel as if you have fallen out of love with your spouse you need to repent yeah you need to dig into your bible see what that has to say about what love is
1: Mm -hmm. if you are married That's the person you're supposed to be married to.
2: Mm -hmm. That's right. God doesn't make mistakes. You may think you married the wrong person, but God is in complete control. He knew you were going to marry that person before you did.
1: He even knew you were going to think you fell out of love with that person. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I would say nine times out of ten, if you've fallen out of love with someone, you're the problem, not them.
2: Get into counseling. Absolutely. find a biblical counselor don't go and find some worldly counselor who's going to make you the victim mm-hmm. and make divorce a normal part of your life find go to acbc um oh what is it stand for american i don't remember nink counseling is what it what it used to be new, new counseling yes is. find
1: biblicalcounseling.com or .org i forget which
2: exactly yes That is uh, going to offer you sound biblical advice and will get you thinking biblically, will get you uh, committed to a lifelong relationship with your spouse.
1: And they won't just tell you what you want to hear. They will tell you the truth, Mm -hmm. which is what you want when you go to a counselor.
2: Yes, you don't want to find someone who's going to say everything that you want to hear. It may sound nice and pretty, but it does not help you. It does not help your spouse.
1: And it definitely doesn't help your children if you have any. Yeah, no. So what about, say your spouse has been unfaithful, honey?
2: Okay, well, I mean, if you're dealing with a spouse that's got uh, an addiction to pornography, I would say that's an, an issue of being unfaithful. Right, absolutely
1: um, it is. But more specifically, the actual, like,
2: has had an Physical affair. Physical action of, okay. of an affair. Forgive. I know that's hard. I know that um, trust has been broken.
1: It'll definitely take a while to rebuild that trust. Yes. A long while.
2: I do not encourage, if you have a spouse that is unrepentant and is going out and getting with one person after another person after another, I think it's okay to separate. Yes. Yes. Until you're reconciled. I'm not saying stay with a person who's going to give you a disease, but...
1: We're also not saying get divorced.
2: No, I'm saying that this is an opportunity for you to show unconditional love to your spouse. Mm -hmm. And what better way to show that and to show how amazing God's forgiveness is with salvation Mm -hmm. than to mirror it in... One of the most tragic of circumstances that can happen for a couple and it is tragic. I, I mean, this is a, a, a situation where um, Look at Josh
1: s- and Anna Duggar recently
2: mm-hmm. Where where a spouse has taken their eyes off of Christ off of their their the person that they have committed to be faithful to mm-hmm. and Is satisfying their flesh
1: speaking of Josh and Anna Duggar It is so wonderful to see how Anna has responded. I'm Mm -hmm. sure she is dying inside. I'm sure she is so heartbroken, so hurting. Mm -hmm. But I think it is wonderful, a wonderful testimony of what God has done in her heart Mm -hmm. uh, to see her response, her reaction to Josh's infidelity. Not leaving him, staying with him.
2: Crying out to God. God. I I mean, I, I heard her talking and just... How she described it as saying, God, what do I do? Rather than just relying on what her emotions were telling her. Because your emotions are not definitive in what the best solution is. They will often lead you astray even. But the fact that she cried out to God for help, that to help her make the right decision that would be most pleasing and most God-honoring is just amazing. I have such such respect and admiration for the way she handled the whole situation, and I can only imagine what that speaks to her husband.
1: Yes, you, you mentioned heaping coals on mm. on your spouse. Oh, I'm yeah. sure that's the way he is feeling, seeing her reaction, mm-hmm. and hopefully he will be repentant, mm-hmm. turn away from his sinfulness, mm-hmm. and turn to Christ.
2: Mm-hmm. And hopefully he will see. How much that woman loves him? Yeah, because that's that's amazing. So, yeah, I would I would just recommend to pray, get get to a counselor again. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's issues in your marriage if someone has um, fallen into sin
1: to that extent. Yes, it, it doesn't start at that point. No, it, it's you. It's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. there there is a downgrade a a downfall
2: Mm -hmm. yeah um
1: usually starts with pornography which that's what happened with josh duggar he got mm -hmm. addicted to pornography and just spiraled downhill
2: i think pornography poisons so many marriages and in particular christian marriages yes um and it's so prevalent like it used to be where you would have to go to a store and it was you know you it'd be very discreet you it would be in a bag behind the counter you'd have to you know go up and order it now i mean it's you're in the privacy of your home no one knows it's
1: freely accessible Mm -hmm. they even have built into your web browser incognito tabs the world is setting you up to fail.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the world's teaching that there's nothing wrong with looking as long as you don't touch, and it's such an ignorant mindset of I'm only going to look. Mm-hmm. It's like when you, <laughs> when you know you're hungry and you're like I'm only going into the grocery store to look, or I I, I have no money, but I'm only going to go look at that shoe store. Right. Like you're you're setting yourself up for trouble.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Walk away. Don't even don't even tread around sin.
1: Yeah. Another thing you can think about is. You know, the person you're looking at, say you're a male and you're looking at females, you're looking at someone's daughter. Mm-hmm. Imagine how you would feel if someone were looking that way at your daughter. Mm. I know that's a thought that comes into my mind when I'm tempted. Mm-hmm. Is To see what,
2: the person as a person?
1: Yes. Would I want someone looking at my daughter the way I'm tempted to look at this girl Mm
0: -hmm. yes
1: you know another thing is get focused back on god do whatever Mm -hmm. you can to get your eyes back to christ
0: Mm -hmm.
1: remember what he did on that cross
0: Mm -hmm. are
1: you really willing to crucify him again Mm -hmm. for five minutes of pseudo pleasure i mean really it's five seconds Mm
2: mm-hmm I would say mostly whether it's pornography or being unfaithful, confess. Yes, and Cons- forsake. To, confess to your spouse. Tell your spouse, guys, it may be so hard for us as your wives to hear this, but the longer you keep it a secret, the worse it gets. Yes,
1: I, I can testify to that because immediately my, my thoughts are don't tell Elaine it'll hurt her just keep it yourself and and move on don't let it happen again Mm. but it snowballs Mm. telling your wife bringing her into the situation that helps to stop the situation Mm -hmm. tell her when you're just tempted Mm -hmm. before you've slipped into sin tell her when you've just felt the temptation Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and you know ask her to pray for you right then and there Mm
2: -hmm. and wives Be willing to listen. I know that's hard. I mean, our husband is our, our closest friend and most intimate person we know. So just make sure that you're, you're willing to listen and pray for him and be his accountability partner. Call him, you know, call him out on it at times. Say, how, how's your, your walk with the Lord? Have you been tempted? Ask him if he's been tempted. Mm -hmm. Give him that opportunity to come clean and put up safeguards. Make sure that you know each other's passwords, mm-hmm. like we were talking about earlier. If you need to, get a parental control uh, software on your computer.
1: Right. We even have some accountability questions on our family website, muniacfamily.com where you can download this list of accountability questions that you can ask each other at random.
2: That's right. So, yeah, really, all these issues with marriage, it's really about communicating, keeping in communication with God through Bible reading and prayer and with our spouse. This is Faith and Family Radio. Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people lost and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, and say the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few? At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com.
1: Welcome back to Faith and Family Radio Show. This is Ryan. I'm with my wife Elaine yet again. We're talking about love. Go to faithfamilyradio.com. Give us your input. Call 513-980-70. Let us know what your thoughts are regarding love. What is it? How is it? Is there any insights that you could give that we haven't talked about on the show?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Go to our Facebook. Go to our Twitter. Let, it, let us know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, we've been talking about love in our personal lives and in the world in general, but what about the Bible? What's the Bible got to say about love?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I immediately the thought comes to mind of Jesus and Peter, where Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? You know, the three times. Mm-hmm. And Peter says, yes, you know I love you. And he asks him, over and over again well the the english translation doesn't really give the the accurate most accurate details of that passage of scripture and i forget who it was that explained this but the i think the greek words or the greek terminology is in the first two jesus says Essentially, Jesus says, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I like you. The second one, same thing. In the third one, uh, Jesus essentially saying, Peter, do you even like me? And that's why Peter is upset and crying at that point, because he says, Lord, you you know I like you. Um, Implying that he doesn't love the Lord as he should, at least at that point. But what are what are some other areas, Elaine, that you've heard about or that you can think of in the Bible regarding love?
2: Well, I mean, obviously, if I'm going to go with just a general idea of love, I would go with, with Christ. He was the perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. But I think if we're going to go with romantic love, um, I would think of uh, Song of Solomon. Mm. I mean, that's a, a big one. I would think of um the book of Ruth, Boaz and their relationship. Uh another big romance would be is it Hosea that showed love to his wife who was unfaithful?
1: Mhm. Yeah, Hosea and Gomer.
2: Mm-hmm. Those are some of the most predominant romances I see in scripture. Um I also see uh Jacob and um Rachel. Rachel. That he loved her and worked seven years to get her. He ends up with her sister and he, he willfully does another seven years for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, and
1: then does another seven years after that.
2: Yeah. And I mean, you, you see, even in uh, his favoritism for his children, his, his Rachel's. two were Rachel's. Exactly. So, I mean, we see, we definitely see romance played out in the Bible. Not all of those are. Perfect. I mean, obviously with Hosea and Gomer, there was infidelity there. But yeah, yet we, we do see romance in the Bible and the Bible does talk about romantic love. Um, and there is a difference between worldly love and biblical love. Worldly love, I would, I don't even want to use the word love because it's really mostly lust. Yeah. It's about self satisfaction.
1: It's about looks.
2: It's about looks. It's about, um, Finding feelings. finding that person that makes you feel good, and then as soon as that that feeling high fades away,
1: uh, then you are no longer in love. Yeah,
2: moving on to it, it's a mysterious force that can't be controlled, mm-hmm. which means you can't control yourself. So there is a lot of problems I see with the worldly love.
1: Right. So let me let me ask real quick: if love isn't feelings, what is love?
2: Yeah, I think love is um self-sacrificing that's the biggest thing I think of when I think of love because I think Christ was the best example of love and what kind of love did he show um, and this transcends it can go into romantic love this type of love it's a it's a love that agape just um it's
1: unconditional doesn't
2: think of self it's a love that loves unconditionally under under the most horrendous of circumstances. It's a love that isn't based on performance.
1: Yeah. It's a love that denies yourself, mm-hmm. that denies your flesh, mm-hmm. that doesn't look at the physical attribute.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a love that isn't dictated by the moment's feelings. Mm-hmm. It's not, you've made me angry, so I don't love you anymore. You've betrayed me, so I don't love you anymore. You're not everything I want you to be. You haven't met all my needs, so I don't love you anymore. It's so much deeper than that. It's you could, (laughs) you know, do something totally horribly devastating and I'm still going to love you. It's a it's a love that is a shock to the system really, because we don't know how to deal with a love like that.
1: Mm -hmm. One way we could describe it is the love we have for, say your parent. The love you have for your
0: children—that—that
1: mm-hmm. that is more along the lines of what biblical love is. Mm-hmm. But even that is not a perfect example.
2: No, and you, I don't you, think you don't man... know
1: biblical love until you are a born again Christian.
2: Yeah, it's true. You don't understand the concept. You don't understand how people can love in 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 the circumstances um, when when you hear of Christians forgiving rapists and murderers. The world doesn't know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Like, how could you forgive that? Right. That's because they, they don't know how, and they don't forgive. And, and that's th- another thing too, is we're always looking at the, the other person, what they're doing. That's wrong. We're not lovable either. Right. And I mean, so it's, it's amazing. The world wants an infinite amount of grace for themselves, but not for others. Amen. So, I'm yeah, biblical love is loving no matter what. It's putting the other person first. Now, speaking of biblical love and how Christ was the perfect example, one of the the trends in the church nowadays is this romanticizing of Jesus and you see this in a lot of contemporary Christian music where you basically if you take Jesus out of it and put baby in or something to that effect You wouldn't even know it's a Christian song or the whole Jesus is my boyfriend and, you know, making it out to be almost to where our relationship with Christ is a romantic one. Mm -hmm. Is Jesus our boyfriend, honey?
1: No, he's not your boyfriend. He's not your homeboy. He is your judge. And once you have become a Christian, then he is still your judge but you're forgiven Mm -hmm. he at that point becomes your brother Mm -hmm. you are a co-heir he becomes your redeemer he becomes your mediator but at no point in time does he become your boyfriend you should never think of jesus romantically no and And it's an insult it is to
2: our lord to to portray him in that light
1: yes And the fact that the modern Christian movement and modern Christian music is trying to make Jesus into this romanticized depiction Mm -hmm. tells me that there are many people in modern churches and modern Christian music that are not Christian. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the love that Jesus has for us, Mm -hmm. which is why they try to pervert it. Mm -hmm. and display it as romantic love Mm -hmm. because they don't understand anything else.
2: And, you know, they try and say because we are the bride and he is the bridegroom, you know, passages like that they will try and manipulate to um, portray it in that light. And it really is just bad biblical interpretation.
1: (laughs) It reminds me of this one tool called Father's Love Letter. And you have a lot of modern Christian, modern Christians, modern Christianity that loves to use the Father's love letter, or God's love letter as a ministry tool or as a way to evangelize people. Mm-hmm. The gospel is not in the Father's love letter mm-hmm. because the verses that are used to comprise that are horribly taken out of context. and they romanticize it. They make God your boyfriend, Jesus your boyfriend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you that's not the relationship that Jesus offers to you. And it's not the relationship you want with Jesus because it's, you are in a relationship with a false Jesus if that is your relationship with him. Wow. I urge you to repent, mm-hmm. to put your trust in the real Jesus, the mm-hmm. Jesus that says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Jesus that died on the cross to pay for the sin of mankind and rose again on the third day, defeating death. He loved you enough to die for you, to take your place, to take your punishment upon himself. He did not die so that you could be buddy-buddy with him. Mm -hmm. He died so that you could have eternal life And you can only have that if you repent. Turn from your sinfulness. Turn to God by placing your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ alone. Mm -hmm. Don't put your trust in boyfriend Jesus. Boyfriend Jesus isn't real. The holy, righteous son of God who was God in the flesh. That is the Jesus you need to trust in. Accept no substitute.
2: We'll be back with more on Faith and Family Radio.
1: The good news is Striving for Eternity would love to come to your church to spend two days with your folks, teaching them biblical hermeneutics. That's right, the art and science of interpreting Scripture. The bad news is somebody attending might be really upset to discover Jeremiah 2911 should not be their life verse. To learn more, go to strivingforeternity.org to host a Bible interpretation made easy seminar in your area.
2: For those newlyweds out there, what is the one piece of advice you have for them, or for the husbands anyway?
1: For a guy who has just gotten married, I would say...
2: Or is about right about to get married.
1: I'd say read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Read, what is it, Second uh, Corinthians 5? I, I think I have that wrong. Uh, read, uh, read the Bible where it talks about the role of a husband and how you are to love your wife and do so much to sacrifice for your wife as jesus sacrificed for you Mm -hmm. honey what advice would you have for the ladies
2: put god first not your husband god has to be first seek him every day prayer and bible reading submit submit ladies if he's not asking you to sin submit
1: and i would just add a little disclaimer to that putting God first does not mean putting ministry above your spouse or above your children. Right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Faith and Family Radio. I'm Ryan. I'm Elaine. May God bless you. We'll see you next time.